This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Shake them ropes. Your superstar shakeup headquarters. All the movement, all the trades. How'd your team do? Did he get a great middle linebacker? Who's still sitting in the draft room? Is Brady Quinn sliding down? How do the Cleveland Browns look this year? All of Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay you can want. All here tonight on Shake Them Ropes. I'm Jeff. The cold has moved into my lungs, so you may hear that occasionally. Here, as always, with Chris Novembrino. Chris are you adequately shocked? I am shaken up, but I, I also have an important announcement here. I am no longer Chris Novembrino. I am now Novtron Five Thousand. Huh? Yep, I'm changing. I'm changing our name, buddy. We are. We're no longer the Shake Them Ropes team. You're no longer Jeff Hawkins. I'm no longer Chris Novembrino. Novtron Five Thousand Cyberhawk. Boom. Yeah. Wait, hold on. You mean all this goodwill we've built over the years, we're just going to change into a random, stupid-sounding name for nothing? We're shaking things up. Oh, we will get into the Viking experience. We will get into that. But uh, first up, a little bit of uh, news and notes from around the Fed, because we had a little bit of breaking stuff today. Luke Harper has asked for his release from the WWE as of press time. We do not know whether that has been granted. This is a guy who's going to make money wherever he goes. This is a guy who's talented, who's smart, who is uh, secretly hilarious. Um, He has friends in a lot of places. I think this is a great move if they let him go. Yeah, no, it's a great move for him. I, I think it's a big mistake for WWE to let this guy go, but they have not figured out what to do with Luke Harper this entire run. He has never really gotten out of being Bray Wyatt's sidekick, and I don't really see why Luke Harper would want to be involved with the Vulture and Anthrax package that Bray Wyatt is being rebundled into. You know, it's it's one of those weird things because everybody works a, a cruiserweight style, so to speak, and Luke Harper was really the first of the big men to kind of do that when he came to the, the main roster. And I'm... I just... I remember that, that build... You remember the build that he had? I think it was... Uh, it was during the whole Wyatt family split, and it was... Yeah, there was one point where be he Orton was, and he was Harper. an Intercontinental Champion at one point. He yeah. had that really good match with Dolph Ziggler where they killed themselves. That was yes. a really good match. I also remember along the way here, when Daniel Bryan was getting his push, him and Luke Harper had very good matches on Raw and SmackDown as well. So, like, Harper was constantly demonstrating that he was a guy that you could trust with the keys to a match and he could drive the car to wherever you want it to go but they just never really found a character for this guy other than dude wears grody wife beater and baggy jeans well he goes between bray and he goes between eric rowan all the time and it just also true also true and oh and then how could we forget about the bludgeon brothers I've been trying. Um, yes, D&D cosplay, 
Do you Legends think the Viking stuff. experience can make usage <laughs> of the hammers? Can we bring back the foam hammers? That sounds cool, right? Hammer of the gods! Oh, oh. Aru! Oh, we're doing eight. We're going to have 15 minutes on the Viking experience. Okay, let's right, right, let's right. pace ourselves right, here. Right. I, I want to get into that. We're going to. Maybe we're I'll just tease to. it. I'm just going to tease it the entire hour, and we're never going to get no, to it. No, it's going to be like... A, I actually like be... that convention, too, but there's a decent chance we're going to get to that point. So either way, it's funny because we build up to it, and it never quite gets there. Or when we get there, it's like a cathartic release where all of us finally get out all of our bad vibes towards the Viking experience. That, that's the Rob McCarran, Dan Lebitard show influence, where it's like, yes, we'll talk about that next, and then we never do. Um... Couple other notes. Ronda Rousey is, uh, seemed to intimate that she is on her, quote, impregnation vacation and that she is wrapped up with the company. Um, you know, I like keeping her special. I, I am a little bit soured on her run week to week because I never thought she was that good of a promo. I thought she was good in big match situations. Um, I'll tell you, you know. seeing the video package this week recapping WrestleMania where they had to fade to black when they did the three count was pretty embarrassing. Pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if she wants to have a kid, now's the time. Um, no, it's, I mean, that's not on her. I'm saying that just when you think back at this run here, you know, the big payoff to this run you can't even show on TV because it went so poorly. Yeah. And, and that, that's just. Man, her aura just died every time she was on trying to be happy and smiling. They should have just turned her heel the first time. Yes, they miscast her. They miscast her in, in this run, really. I mean, everybody wanted to see the baddest woman on the planet, and so we got happy fangirl. And, yeah, I, I, I'm very disappointed in how they handled that. But uh, last but not least, I believe Sasha Banks is on a quote-unquote official leave of absence from the company until she decides what she wants to do following reports that uh, she and Bailey were not too happy about getting the tag team belts taken away from them. Um, you know, I, I, I have no problem now with people trying to take their own careers into their own hands. I, Sasha is notorious to me for, this is a good time to do that. You know, um, this is a better time to do it than it was five or six years ago. Right. So, I'm fine with it on that level. On another level, I think you can look at SmackDown this week and the segment involving the women tag team champions and probably conclude that this company is never going to take tag team wrestling all that seriously unless or until there is some sort of parallel, obviously to a lesser extent, of the Yes Movement or the Divas Revolution Movement behind Tag Team Wrestling. Until people are in the audience chanting for Tag Team Wrestling, doing Tag Team Wrestling, clap, 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 or some variation of that, this is the way Tag Team titles are going to be treated, whether they're on women or whether they're on men, whether you're the Revival or whether you're Bailey and Sasha. This is just the way it's going to go until the audience sends some sort of message otherwise. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what was the most interesting note for me was during the SmackDown segment, they referred to Bailey and, quote, her partner. So they are going to play this. Sasha is dead to the company. 
until she is either officially returned or officially gone. And I think that's smart on them, too. Don't leave this out there lingering. You know what? I think it's also a bit of a test. If the fans really want Sasha back, they'll start to chant for her. I, I think I think this works out for the company more than people think it does. Yeah, no, I, I think so. But the big takeaway, at least for the last three weeks here for me, is if you want tag team wrestling yes. to be taken seriously in this company, when you are at live events and live shows, you need to start making your voices heard because this is the holding pattern we're in on both sides of the roster. Oh, I think even then it won't. I don't I don't think you can really change it, but like you can at least get it to, as I said, that yes movement or Divas Revolution storyline thing where you have Hunter come out and go, you know, for too long tag team wrestling hasn't been taken seriously around here, and we get some sort of <laughs> storyline around the tag team revolution. It's gonna be totally different. Twenty twenty, the tag team revolution. I we can get there. I mean it can happen and it will be a little bit contrived and WWE will act like they were trying to lead us the whole time. Um, But I do believe that there's a way to get there, but I also believe that short of outside kind of intervention or the fans making their voices heard, like, this is just where we're at. So we've had the superstar shakeup. As a press time, I have the official lists of who's moved where. There will be probably a lot more people moving elsewhere because they have not officially... They've not officially said where, like, heavy machinery is going to be yet, but it's going to be... Yeah, I'm worried about that. I I didn't even really want to go to tape until we resolved that. (laughs) Well, it's going to be people of that level, I think, for the most part. Your new members of the Raw roster, The Miz, the NXT Tag Team Champions, formerly known as the War Raiders, now known as the Viking Experience, Ivar and Eric, or Ivar and Eric, I don't know how they're pronouncing it, Cedric Alexander, Andrade and Zelina Vega, Rey Mysterio, The Usos, Naomi, Eric Young, which was interesting, Lacey Evans, AJ Styles, Ricochet, Aleister Black, and EC3. To SmackDown, Roman Reigns, The Intercontinental Champion, Finn Balor, Elias, Bailey, Ember Moon, Kyrie Sane, Lars Sullivan, Buddy Murphy, Liv Morgan, Chad Gable, Apollo Crews, and Mickey James. The last four of those uh, done on the website only. Again, this seems to be another raw-heavy kind of thing to put talent in there and guys who are quote-unquote characters. And then you get your work-rate people who have kind of cooled off but still have a lot of you know goodwill from the audience, get kind of moved to SmackDown and see if they have any staying power. That's looks like SmackDown's the B-show again. Yeah, I view it a little bit as the Roman Reigns reheating vessel, too. Like putting. Oh, him- I think this isn't going to last for more than three weeks. Okay, okay. You think Roman's going to start traveling back and forth? He's. It's going to be that John Cena thing where I'm allowed to be on either show. Big Dog does what he wants because he's also now in that convoluted storyline with Vince McMahon. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't really have any thoughts on this. I because I don't. The brand split is so. Loose. No, come on, Chris. Anyways. Winners and losers. Let's get a hot oh, yeah, take okay, from you, yeah. which, which Who's the really big winner yeah. of the I, superstar I mean, shakeup? Yeah, I, honestly, Jeff, okay, so who's on your Survivor Series card for December here? Let's just get right into it. I know where you want to go. Uh, let's see. Um, Which is the better oh. brand? I mean, really, like, let's put it to the fans. Guys, wh- who's the better brand between Raw and SmackDown now? No, no, no. It's obvious that Roman Reigns is going to win the one match for SmackDown while Raw dominates the scoreboard once again. Mm, mm. 
I like that. I like that. All right. So, anyways, that's your superstar shakeup. I, I don't. I, it, it's just. It's so bleh because there isn't like a real story behind the shakeup. These things happen, or when they do the shakeup, it's just everything moves all at once, and so nothing feels special because you can't focus on anything. Yeah, and 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 some of the, I mean, some of the promos are just so. <laughs> Let's put it this way. My heart broke listening to Bailey say the words, you know, I was the first women's tag team champion and I'm, I'm here to compete and I'm done hugging and I'm just like, oh, oh, baby, I'm so sorry. It would be one thing if they <laughs> thought out this spot of the calendar every year. There's a way to make yeah. the superstar shake up a very exciting narrative launch point. Where you have intrigue leading into the superstar shakeup, you have storylines that revolve around the superstar shakeup. Maybe people are going to Shane and Stephanie and Vince and petitioning them to end up on one brand or another brand for nefarious reasons, and we can see that played out. There are a bunch of options available. And they just, they're doing it lazily. It's as though they kind of look at the middle of the card. And just, you know, where's Apollo going to be? I don't know. Let's just, you know, throw him into a hat and whichever, wherever he gets pulled out, it doesn't really matter. I'll give you some winners and losers. Okay. I, I will, because I think there are some distinct ones. I think I think Andrade had a nice debut on Raw and helped, you know, build himself a little bit back up. Because I think, I think all the losses the on win SmackDown over has hurt was him. Good. Yes. Um, I think the Usos getting a change of scenery is good, um, especially in a tag division if if the Revival and the uh, Viking experience are a part of it. Um, I think that's going to be a nice little tag team division despite the loss of, and here's one of my losers, Rudin Gable. I think Chad Gable on SmackDown, especially with Apollo Crews coming with him, they're both the same guy in the same slot. The small guy who can look really good, put on a good match, but he's never going to get above a certain place because of his height. Um, I think Liv Morgan is a definite loser here, getting put on the same show as Carmella and Mandy Rose. I mean, she's someone who's fine with the Riot Squad. I think the Riot Squad's a perfectly good unit, and I, I just think she's not... She's the weakest of the three of them, and and they already have a weak singles roster over on SmackDown. I think Naomi may get some some good pub over on Raw, but you know she's she's someone who you you push for two weeks and then you beat her. I mean that that's just yeah. Always unless how her you're gonna can. put the title on her again, and, and you can't do any of that right now with the Becky Lynch storyline going on. So. A lot of these women moves are very lateral. And I was a little bit surprised that uh, Laura Sullivan ended up on SmackDown and not Raw. That that was a big shock to me. I, th I thought as the new guy, they'd want to build him up on the main show. I think they want to build to Lars and Roman at some point. Well, Lars and Roman is now an obvious one. I was thinking Lars and Braun. And I thought they might put Braun on SmackDown. I, that's what I was thinking. Uh, so let's uh let's get into Raw. We open up with the debut of the Miz coming back to Raw. Promptly gets potatoed by Shane McMahon and is bleeding all over the place. 
Um, yeah, I mean, The Miz is the guy who's made for a sports entertainment show, and The Raw is that, and they're... The rumor was that he got brought over be- to give them an extra day to push Miz and Mrs. That makes and sense. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that. And he can carry a segment. He can do what they need him to do. The Miz is perfect for this company. He's exactly what they're looking for. We then have the eight-man tag team match with the Viking experience, the Revival, versus Kurt Hawkins, Zack Ryder, Ricochet, and Aleister Black. Um... So, oh, okay. oh, may, may I? Oh, yeah. Please. May I, Chris? By, by all means, by all means. Chris, they have added a ricochet sound effect to Ricochet's entrance because how else is anybody going to know that it's Ricochet unless you get the sound of a ricocheting bullet? See, I wanted a boing. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe. Well, we need to make it better for the main roster, so we're going to add sound effects to Aleister Black and Ricochet's entrances. It's so cornball. And No, and, it and, speaks and, to Vince's sensibilities, though. His thumbprint is all over all of these NXT call-ups and all of these NXT characters. And, and what we saw with Aleister Black and Ricochet, these really unnecessary changes that didn't make the character core, at least when it comes to the coffin opening and the ping, at least that's something that if you don't have the volume all the way up, you might be able to still ignore. You're going to have a real hard time ignoring the fact that the NXT Tag Team Champions that you've been following for the last year plus are now inexplicably the Viking experience. Oh, because it's not like you don't have hundreds of years of Norse mythology to go through where you could name these guys something cool, like our friend Alex Pawlowski over at Fightful recommended, like Valhalla or something. No, you need, and Chris and I both had this same thought at the same time, you name them something that suburban office middle managers go and do on the weekend in the woods with some guy named Sven, the Viking experience. Oh, come on out. We'll get you in touch with your masculinity again, guys. You can carve wood and you have catered meals just like the Vikings had. And they're swimming and bonding and learning how to assert yourself and banging on drums. And there's some and and Sven's daughter probably works for her, and every creepy middle manager comes in and goes, hey, does she come with the package? And she's just dying inside. Every weekend she has to do this. Oh, we're going to build boats. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. It's the Viking experience. Oh, or or it's a... It's a theme park in Orlando, like on that on that run with like Gator Country and stuff. Come to the Viking experience, you know, where five year olds get their parents to pay fifty bucks for a tourist trap. The Viking experience is the best you could come up with. Why come up with anything guys? then? If the Viking experience is what you came up with, then at that point you should just go, you know what, we're not having a very good brainstorming session right now. How about we just stick with the name this week and we figure it out in a few weeks? How about we go Rowan Hansen because Ivar yeah. and Eric sounds ridiculous. It's <laughs> I think it's Ivar. It, it, Ivar. They're, they're, it's it just terrible. I, I mean, these, these are just... Terrible names. It's reductive 
the War Raiders could invoke Norse mythology without having to be this deep pandering of the Viking experience. And Viking, it's just... the Something about... The name is obviously cheesy, but there's something even kind of like too on the nose about Viking. The Norse gods. And then you make them bigger than life, and they come out. You know, anything, man. Mjolnir. Just these guys. I, I, honestly, Mjolnir. Like, let's just go with it, man. If you want Thor's to. Thor's hammer? Yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like you've built up all this goodwill to, to teach people at NXT to be excited about them. And then, then you, we're going to main roster them now. And it's like two guys cosplaying a Viking thing at a Ren fair and. They've been making fun of Sarah Logan for weeks and her Vikings. stuff. Yes, right, right. And so that ties into this, too. And it's just like, why would you do that to these guys, man, on their debut? No, there's a clear commentary here of, of Vince, though, where he thinks all of the Viking stuff that's kind of, you know, in vogue with a certain subset of people right now, he doesn't like it. He, this is clearly oh, a I- bit of a commentary about that. I think that might be true, but I think there are aspects of it where he go where where he could see this being, you know, warrior culture and stuff and dig it. Because that's the stuff he likes. He likes to think of himself as a warrior. I think he was just turned off by the word war in there because you won't be able to sell I don't know. You no, won't be able to sell used toys. To do road warriors. I don't understand the war raiders. No, they were never no 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 no. They were never the road warriors. They were the Legion of Doom. Oh yeah, that's right. That's but right. you have war games in but NXT. Like demolition you sell that and they set. were axe and smash. I, I don't Yeah, yeah I, I mean th- this Oh, it evokes too much violence I, to call them war. I, call them battle buddies. Hardly, I don't care. I, no, don't call them battle buddies. That, <laughs> this is the problem with it. No, there's this whole thing of like, oh, you can just rise above a really stupid stupid name and no you can't like the name the gimmick the character yeah you could go in and have really good matches or whatever but if you have a bad name and a bad gimmick and a bad character you're not going to connect with this audience because any audience because they're not going to be invested in you they're not going to be invested in your story who wants to see stringy magoo chase the title (laughs) wait your name is adam cole that sounds like Sounds like a guy who sells you a dishwasher or something. Your nickname's the Panama City Playboy. I'm going to call you Babalu Melendez, the Panama City Playboy, baby. And then you just set him out. It's just, oh, he's so ridiculous with having to make things larger than life that it, uh, that sometimes just undermines, just, God, to have them brainstorm something for 10 minutes, I'm sure it would be better than the Viking experience. Right? I, I mean, anything. They they could have spit out just about anything. I, I just can't really come up with why this name change needed to happen. And I honestly, the other big thing that was very weird throughout all of these two nights of Superstar Shake-Up is you get to these points at the end of the match where now there are like eight people in this match. So you have four people after the match celebrating, but they're two separate teams and they're not really allowed to interact so yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I I just and your tag team champs are guys who did it on a banana peel finish, right? Also, and so true. you're trying to really build up that feud. Congratulations, guys! You've you've both revitalized and killed the tag team <laughs> division. I'm just 
Oh my god, everything about that. I, I, I just went... The Viking experience. There's not a a, a single team I'm more interested in seeing after this segment. There's 70s Swedish prog rock band, the Viking experience. It's it's not good. (laughs) Cedric Alexander is coming to Raw, so that will be... Good for him. Yeah, good. good. No, I, I think that is good, and it's good for him to move on here. Then we had a match with Andrade against Finn Balor. This is your Montreal screw job here. I liked this though. I thought that this was actually a pretty good win for Andrade. Made him look relatively strong. Uh, it made him and Zelina Vega look serious. And apparently Zelina Vega has her last name back. So good for her. Yeah, I, uh, I noticed that. That's, uh, that's interesting. It is interesting because normally once the name goes, it never comes back. So I, I would be interested to know what the story was on that. And then we have Elias. He had a segment and uh, that got interrupted by Rey Mysterio. And Rey Mysterio had uh, another rough little in-ring outing here. I, I don't know if you caught that Hurricane Rana that turned into... Some other type of Lucha Libre move that I don't really have a name for and I don't know has a name. And then eventually Lars Sullivan showed up and Lars Sullivan wipes out Rey Mysterio. Which should be Rey Mysterio's job right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the, the occasional 619, the occasional, you know, drop the dime and get killed by whoever the new guy is. That's what I'm fine with. I, I think he just can't have the matches you want him to have, or even the matches that I was kind of getting used to in Lucha Underground, because he wasn't great in Lucha Underground, but he wasn't bad either. He actually had some good matches along the way. That's just not what you're going to get here. He was really good in that New Japan uh, card in Long Beach. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And and what happened was what happens with all these guys like Rob Van Dam and... And Chris Jericho, they show something somewhere else. You bring them in for a short run. They do all the. Hi- they want you to be the WWE guy again, so you do all your hits, except it's a little slower. You're not jumping up as high, and you become you become a uh, tribute. Act. You're a cover and band of yourself. Is. You're a cover band of yourself, exactly. Absolutely. So then we had the Usos. They debuted against Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. And, yeah, this was uh, not awesome for Rude and Gable, but they're, they are guys who are very much lost in the shuffle right now. Well, they're now split, well, that's also so it true. doesn't matter. Yeah, and that's also a problem. And then, Which is a shame, because they're one of the best teams on this roster. I know, I like them. And, and the gimmick, certainly Chad Gable, now that you've got him so deep into this glorious gimmick, unwinding him from the glorious gimmick seems... It's going to be abrupt, and he is going to be ice cold here for the next however many weeks he is. San's new gimmick. Uh, Until he gets reignited with something else and a new story to go. If he's just in kind of post-glorious mode, he is going to be lame. Next, we have Sami Zayn. He comes out. I I liked this in the sense that I thought we were, or we got the tease that Sami Zayn was maybe going to be reconsidered from last week and we were going to keep him as a babyface instead of trying to force this heel Sami Zayn thing that people largely seem to not want. They don't want to boo the guy. They're not into the idea of Sami as a heel. But Sami comes out, he plays to the babyface hometown sentiment, 
and then eventually turns on them and starts mocking them. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It's fine. I, I just, Sami Zayn as a heel has limited intrigue to me, but is interesting as a floating part of this Kevin Owens storyline. I was hoping they'd just make him a, a baby face in Canada. Kind of like the Bret Hart. Deal. Interesting. I like that. I like I, that. I thought that would have been a little bit more of an interesting choice. My and a better homage, a more novel homage to Montreal and all of that relationship than constantly evoking the screw job. Yeah, my, my quibble with this segment was Alexa Bliss because she is a heel who played a babyface announcer here. Oh, yeah, totally not in this segment. Yeah, it, it's weird because she is a heel most of the time. She's only a heel in the ring. Yeah, she's a babyface elsewhere. No, but they sometimes she is a babyface as a host. She's just kind of a brat. Is basically her character at this point. But then yeah. she also has this like good guy, goody two shoes side about her. What was it at this point that they put up the gr- graphic of who's moved where, and all of a sudden you figured out, oh, and all these people have made big impacts, and then there's Eric Young, and you're like, Eric Young was on this show. Hold on. <laughs> It was a tough loss. Um, it was a tough loss. You know, it's, it's going to be hard to imagine well, SmackDown without Eric Young on it every week. Well, there's there's a few different through lines here that I I'm almost thinking. got you with that. Yeah, I know. I I, 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 it's not that I'm no selling it. It's that I have a point to make here. I think the TNA guys are in trouble. If you look at if you look at the grand scope, they've broken up Rude and Gable. No, I I, I completely up agree. Eric Young. Yeah, I, I think these guys. EC three, EC three, his treatment this Ooh, week. Ooh, I think EC three is looking through his phone book and trying to get a hold of people at AEW. I I don't really understand why EC three would want to stay on this roster other than the paychecks. Um, because they're never going to utilize him the way that I think a lot of us thought he would be utilized. And, and I was someone who was more bullish on his ability to do okay on the main roster because he's kind of like a Miz guy where he can talk well, he's got a look, he's not necessarily the greatest in-ring wrestler, but, you know, think like EC3 paired with the Miz. That would probably make some good TV, but Vince has a very different vision for EC3. I guess on main event or at a house show, they had him paired with Drake Maverick again. I think that's a good idea. Oh, yeah. Um, I completely agree with that. Yeah, but uh, that was an uh, unceremonious uh, debut on Raw, I guess, as an official member of the uh, the roster. Yeah, it is very hard to come back from that I want a challenge come out and give me a challenge somebody better give me a challenge I'm the best wrestler it's like after you get your title shot for the world championship on a Monday Night Raw or a Smackdown you're basically out of commission for the foreseeable future for a minute there those are very very those are dead zones to end up in as a wrestler Next, we had Naomi and Bailey defeating the Iconics in a non-title match, so your new tag team champions lose a match in under two minutes against Bailey and not Sasha Banks, Naomi. Um And and, yeah. and neither of whom are and, and they're not a team anymore. No. No. So what was the point of this? I don't understand. I, I it sounds like they changed their mind. It sounds like they changed their mind last minute on moving Bailey. 
and uh, they yeah, made this so, move uh, tonight, and, and the original plan was probably to keep them both on Raw. Oh, I think they were going to move. I thought they were going to move them both over to SmackDown to challenge for the tag titles, but they don't have Sasha to move. MIA. They don't actually have to move to challenge for the tag titles. That's very true as well. Yeah, very very true. But, so uh, yeah, it, it's kind of pointless. But uh, Naomi's now on Raw. Yeah, yeah. Then we had Becky Lynch defeating Ruby Riot once again in four minutes and thirty seconds, somewhere thereabout. Um, yeah, uh, I feel bad for Ruby Riot, man. At this point, she's kind of becoming a punchline here. And then after the match. There was this weird little spot where Becky Lynch stays in the ring and Natalia comes out and she says that she wants a match against Becky Lynch. And then out comes Lacey Evans. This is like a recurring theme on this show where like the post-match stuff, there are too many characters in all of this. I was having a hard time trying to recall all this because it's like you had Natty and Natty wanted to have a match with Becky and then out comes Lacey and Lacey interrupts this and like we did a similar type of convention a number of different places here yeah I uh I couldn't take Natty seriously giving an impassioned plea for a title match with cat ears on yeah I'm sorry you know take yourself seriously and then I'll take you seriously as a contender um I liked the Lacey Natty match a little bit more than most people. I think. I, I think Lacey Evans is very, very talented. She's talented, but she's she not. is rough in the ring, man. It's like you see the skill, you see the athleticism, but it, I, I know everyone is focused on the moonsault where Lacey Evans just double need. Yeah, that knocked the wind out of me. But I was thinking about the spot where Natty was just trying to toss Lacey Evans from the ring out of the ring, and Lacey was having a hard time just clearing the ropes. There are things in her game that still need to be worked out a little bit more. Definitely. she's She was called a little bit too early. She needed to be a main event NXT person before this. Um, I just think they have her working a style that doesn't fit her strengths, too. They have her doing all this acrobatic Yeah, why? Stuff, she's, she's very good, but... Power! You can tell she's tough as hell. Right. Yeah, make her... Make her a powerhouse. Don't make her sell for for now. Yeah, have her like take a you know? strike and basically no sell it. Have her, you know, come off the ropes and hit a really powerful clothesline. And Natty's like, "Oh my god, what just hit me?" Um, those sorts of moves, I think, work a lot better for the stories you're trying to tell with Lacey Evans versus kind of like a Kurt Angle light thing. Like when she did the springboard pop up for the moonsault, I was like, "What are we doing here?" Because that's showy. It's cool. It should be minus the part where, you know, you take the knees to your rib cage, but it's not heelish and really uncalled for when you're trying to get over the idea that this woman is so strong. She needs only her right hand, a balled up fist of a right hand and some good torque from her arm to knock you out. That triple jump moonsault should have been saved for her title. Absolutely. Because that's the move that people will pop for. And now... Now that she's kind of wasted on her debut, I understand why they did it here. You either put it away or you make her do it every week, and I don't want to see her do it every yeah, week. Yeah, no, no, she doesn't I, need I to be s- doing it every week. This should definitely be a big no. match spot. Yeah, it, it, it's it's like Charlotte's moonsault. Just in the big matches, do it. Don't do it every week. 
Um, yeah, she needs some seasoning. And I, I think, I think they were hoping for a natty Charlotte NXT takeover carry job. And I don't think they got it. Um, but we'll see. I, I like her as a character. I think, uh, I think she and Becky play off real well. I don't know why, but the, the way they interact verbally and on social media, uh, Becky's not going to drown Lacey Evans with charisma. It, it's, it's not going to happen like she did with like, uh, Ronda Rousey. Uh, Lacey Evans can, can dish it out too. So I, I think that's a interesting part of this feud that's a little underrated in the, uh, in the aftermath of, uh, two knees to Natty's ribs. They are good contrasts to one another, and I guess I get better now why we were seeing some indecision on how Lacey was going to be presented on the main roster. Because, you know, we had mm-hmm. her as kind of the fun girl, and we had her as more of like the military pinup style, and now we've kind of twisted this into the sassy Southern Belle, and the... Southern Belle, oh my, I do declare character plays very well off of Becky Lynch's Irish-accented, no-nonsense, blue-collar. Yeah. No, I, I like them as foils for one another. The the height and size differential works really well, too. It's good. It's good. Um, I, I, you know, we'll see how the execution comes out, but they've gotten some elements of this feud right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they haven't. They've missed on everything. Yeah, there, there's an upstairs-downstairs feel to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then we had our Universal Champion Seth Rollins with Roman Reigns, and they needed a Dean Ambrose replacement. So we get the newly sort of shaven AJ Styles, who has taken the beard in too much, too much. Not not a fan of where, where we're at with the beard these days. Versus Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, and Bobby Lashley in a main event that probably made you wonder, what's going on in the NBA right now? AJ Styles needed a change of scenery. Yes. He had done all he could do at SmackDown. He was becoming stale over at SmackDown. Um, I... Look forward to a program with he and Rollins, but I think he's more here to fly for the big guys like Lashley and uh, and McIntyre. I, I was a little surprised McIntyre didn't go over to SmackDown, to be honest with you. But uh, you know, it'll be interesting. I, I think I think AJ's value is in being a heel because I think I think being a cocksure, arrogant acrobat is is a role that is needed because I think Seth really does need to be the babyface for a while. Um but they have too many giants over there that that need guys to uh feed them and I think that's gonna be AJ Styles' job. A more cynical Vince might even try to reform the club at some point to give AEW some competition and use AJ Styles in that role. Uh, uh wait, where are Anderson and Gallows? Aren't they if right, but they're elsewhere. I thought they left the company. They're SmackDown. Oh, SmackDown. They're SmackDown with uh, Finn. right, right. So I'm just saying. I, I, I mean, if Vince wants to get cynical about this, he has all the tools to put together the club. Oh, they've teased that. They've teased that so many times that they're never going to pull the trigger on because it's not his. No, thing. I know. Well, again, this would be if if there's competition. Competition makes Vince do petty things that are not necessarily his thing, just because he takes the thing from you, and now it's the thing that he's doing. He's taking it from you. It was your toy. It's now his, even if he doesn't want it. So, on this episode of SmackDown, 
we get more intrigue surrounding Kevin Owens. I look, I on this show, I like all of the stuff involving Kevin Owens. I, I think that he is a fine pivot point to move a lot of plot through. We haven't seen a lot of this Kevin Owens as babyface character. He's fun. They seem to be finding a way to kind of like port the fans' enthusiasm through Kevin Owens without necessarily making him an L7 square like Byron Saxton at this point. And he was very, very, very over here in Montreal. So I I liked all of that. And I even like the way that they wove the New Day into this opening thing where they explain the injury that happened to Big E and that became fodder for this interesting odd couple dynamic between Kofi Kingston and Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is a fine comedic performer. I've seen him do this kind of thing with the Young Bucks do in in PWG. It's fine. But Kofi's your champ. And he's out there doing groin humor with Xavier Woods and Kevin Owens. More importantly, he is the second banana in this scene to Kevin Owens. And now presumably what we're building to eventually is that Kevin Owens is going to attack Kofi. I think. Um, I don't know. I, think I don't he might know. Just You're be right. Entertaining Dusty yes. Rhodes guy now. I, I, yeah, yeah I, I have also considered that the the one thing that sort of hangs over this is where does Sammy come in? And it seems to me very natural, especially in the absence of Big E now, that you bring Sammy in and pair him with Kevin Owens to square off against Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. But that might not be the case. They might really like Kevin Owens is just the, he likes to have fun, Kevin Owens. Well, that's what they're doing with Kofi right now as champ. He's a champ who likes to have fun. It's as though he should have went on some sort of hero's journey during that WrestleMania storyline, Jeff. Huh. That, I mean, this is why the moves on the roster kind of confuse me too, because I thought for sure... Vince is coming out, and we're going to get a guy who's serious about the championship and doesn't want to have fun. And, and and none of that happened. And and so I'm thinking it has to be an Owens heel turn here, but I do not I do not think that it has to be. I, I, I think that... Yeah, they, they might have been in ship. Yeah, somebody. I was watching the pancake scene, and my impression of the pancake scene is that Kevin Owens eventually won't be able to... Won't be able to handle this, but what was weird about the pancake scene is if he turns heel, eventually it will be like because the New Day guys are so damn annoying. And they're always like, ah, pancakes, you're up, woo, New Day! And like, even Kevin Owens, who likes to have fun, is like, alright guys, like, we don't need to have pancake eating competitions. We don't need to have all-night slumber parties. We don't need to tell ghost stories at 4 a.m. We, we, we don't need to wear pajamas at all match. <laughs> like, they're well, too much. Here's the other thing. Being in Montreal, if you're going to turn Kevin Owens, turn him in that town. Because he's going to get a big reaction. Right, right, absolutely. And they didn't. So that's why I don't think that's in the cards. I think that he may just be happy-go-lucky and then eventually ask for a title shot. Maybe. I don't know. Or he might be the guy that somebody goes through to get to Kofi. But you know, I just think Kofi is... Kofi's an afterthought in all of this. No, no, I, I've been told that this story completely worked and that he is a star. This this cannot be the case, Jeff. This is going very At well. At Chris Novembrino. At Chris... Don't, don't write me about that one. 
at Chris Novembrino. <laughs> Next, we have Charlotte Flair defeating Carmella with R-Truth. This is also weird because Carmella has this, I won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal or whatever it's called for the women. I don't remember. The Mae Young Battle Royal, is that what it's called? Or is that also? Uh, I believe. I believe they just call it the Women's Battle Royal. Okay. Okay. Well, it should also be named after Andre the Giant. Everything should be. And Charlotte defeated Carmella relatively quickly here. And that's fine. I'm fine with Carmella losing to Charlotte. I, it's just weird because, you know, at some point, Carmella's got to go for a title shot against Becky Lynch. And it's not going to be particularly credible. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, I'd rather have Charlotte just injure Carmella and sort of take her out of the picture for a minute. Narratively speaking, who is the SmackDown women's singles competitors other than Carmella and Becky? I guess Charlotte's here now. I guess she's it. Ember. Cause I thought, sh- I thought Charlotte was moving to, well, see, and now you got Bailey and Ember, I guess. Yeah. Billy and Ember. Um, I thought Charlotte was going to move to Raw. I I did. I thought I thought that was part of the plan, but uh, I guess she's going to remain the big top female star on SmackDown while they decide where Becky's going to defend titles. Um, I'm I'm fine with that, but she she needs. I think she needs to go away for a while. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think you. She's too powerful a character. Right, uh, 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 right. Until roster. you are going to tar- start talking about taking the belts off of Becky, you need to not have some of these top tier people kind of hovering around in the picture right now, uh, because the natural question is why aren't they getting a title shot? It's hard to use someone like Charlotte Flair in not a top-of-the-card picture, and your tag team champions right now are also heels. So, unless you wanted to transitional champion the Iconics, which I'm ambivalent on at this point, you need to have something to do with Charlotte Flair. And then after this match, we had Carmella favoring her leg. R-Truth comes in to check on Carmella. And then on comes Lars Sullivan's music, and we know what this means at this point, and R-Truth has a fun little try-to-resist-Lars-Sullivan-and-can't-resist-Lars-Sullivan segment. There was a weird part that I wanted to ask you about. What was all this between Lars and Carmella? All of these stares and all this camera coverage, unlike the weird back-and-forth stares. Does this cash out to be anything, Jeff? I thought it was going to be, originally. Yeah. I, I thought it was originally going to be how they split up Carmella and R-Truth was... Carmella's kind of, you know, playing up the knee. She gets a thing to, for to Lars Sullivan. Oh, now it's going to be Beauty and the Beast, though. That, that's going to just... No, I don't want that. But, uh, if you, I, you know, if you're going to turn Carmella heel again... No, Lars needs, like, a crazy girlfriend who kind of, you know, she... Oh, I'm going to tell my boyfriend, and then Lars comes out, and he's even crazier. So, like, Liv Morgan would be a good candidate for this as well. Um, or, or yeah. I guess you could do Carmella. But... Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know that Lars needs uh, a romantic interest of any sort at this point. I think he just needs to be beating up people. Um, but agreed. I like him being a legend. Killer. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And then I'm go after Orton. Then we had this is really the biggest cluster of the of these two shows to me. This segment with Bailey, Ember Moon, Oscar, Kyrie, Sane, Manny Rose, Sonya Deville, and the Iconics, and. 
So, I'm not even going to get the sequence right here. We've talked about some of these pieces before. Bailey comes down, and um, Ember Moon's also out there, too. Then Paige comes out, and she says she's going to introduce her challengers for the Iconics, and out come Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, acting like there's going to be a reunion of Absolution. And Paige kind of no-sells that. And then she introduces Asuka, and you're like, oh... And then she introduces Kyrie Sane, which is sort of not anyone's guess. It's like half of everybody's guess, but but not anyone's complete guess. And then we get into a, a big multi-person match at the end of this. A lot of stuff happened in this segment, but I don't think it actually made Absolution or post-Absolution seem cool, or the Iconics, or Bailey or Ember Moon, or Asuka, or Kyrie Sane. It was just nine people involved in a very complicated segment. It, it hurt the women's division. It was a lot of, hey, here's this person, and hey, here's this person, and hey, here's this person. It, it was ridiculous. And then the Half blocking women. of them fighting, you know what I mean? Like the actual sequence of them all scruff, you know, scrumming it up and scuffling. Like it was very, very boxy. They just didn't have good chemistry. Half these women, half these women need to be rebuilt badly. And I'll just go through them. Ember Moon, who had a, I can't believe they just debuted her in the battle royal. With no music or anything after the layoff, because she was one of the hottest characters they had before she got injured. Comes out there, giving a nice impassioned promo against Becky. Just let her have the promo. But then we bring Bailey out there, and Bailey, God bless Bailey. Again, my heart broke listening to her say these words because she sounded so robotic. It was robotic. It was there's no passion to it. There, there, it, it's. It sounds like a WWE 2K promo that you'd have in a video game rather than something somebody actually said. For too long, I have been ignored, Becky, and you know that we came up from NXT together and you've become a champion, but I've also had some belts in my time, but now it's time for me to be taken seriously. Yes, exactly that. That was exactly it. And then... Then we get Paige, and Paige is useless. I'm sorry for anybody who finds her in enthralling presence or what might have been. I'm happy she gets work still. She is useless in any role that she's in because she's there to... She's just not a gifted speaker. It'd be one thing if if no. she was serving in a Sherry Martell sort of role. She's there to get the pop. Right, but the, the, problem, the problem is that she's being asked to do a ton of talking. It would be one thing if she was you know, bad, evil, heel manager character who didn't necessarily do a ton yes. of talking, but was like involved in part of the package of a gimmick, right? Uh, what she's being asked to do here is to serve as the speaking proxy for Asuka and Kyrie because the not-so-subtle message is they're Japanese, they can't carry themselves. Um, but you've chosen someone in Paige who is not a gifted orator and who is, at times, hard to understand. Yes, and she will not be able to cut good promos for them. She will cut WWE promos right. for them, which won't let them get over. Now let's go into this, because we were promised I have a brand new team of two people. I think she was saying two new people last week. So when she announced the first one was Asuka, I went... I have no idea who that is. What? 
One of these is going to pop you. One of these is going to pop you. I originally thought it was going to be Kyrie and, and Candice LeRae, but that said, let, we need to cool down Asuka more? Really? Okay. Um. <laughs> yep. I, I don't really know what to say. It's just like, why? Gone are the killer days. Guys, those are yeah. gone. Forever. No, she is going to be a whimsical character now. She's an anime character now, guys. Not unlike Kyrie Sane. The pirate princess, that's how Vince views Kyrie Sane. She's the Japanese pirate girl. And Asuka is yeah. the purple Teaming and with yes, mom. Right. The purple and pink and blue whatever. But like to Vince, these are Joshi is not what he's thinking about, right? He's not thinking about these are some of the baddest women on the planet who can kick the shit out of people. Vince looks at these characters and sees, I don't know, it's anime or something. So the win against Charlotte and Becky meant nothing because it was then used on a weekly SmackDown one week to give the belt over to Charlotte to make the triple threat mean more. She's now in a tag team with Kyrie Sane. I assume eventually one of them will turn on the other. I like the team of Asuka and Kyrie Sane. If if I had Sasha Banks and Bailey to fight against them, it'd be great. Let me maybe give a sunny side on this and that a heel Asuka does serve as a meaningful foil to Becky Lynch. So yes. if you are interested in an Asuka Becky match again, you do need a heel Asuka in order to get there. So pairing her with Kyrie Sane could lead to not one but two good match pairings in Asuka versus Kyrie and then Asuka versus Becky. But that's also very speculative. And the other thing I thought was all all eight of these women are in are going to eventually job to Mandy Rose. Because that's who <laughs> Oh, she, you, you talk about type. rebuilt, though. Uh, that there is another one who who is definitely in that category. I like I like her and Sonya, but I like Sonya a little bit, a little bit more. I really do like Sonya. I really Deville do like lot. Sonya Deville. I I just don't think they see in Sonya Deville what you and I see in Sonya Deville. And, and a really good example of this is this week. I noticed that Sonya Deville is being made to have her hair down, which. You wouldn't think would be an issue, but remember, her gimmick was hair up and square up, and the whole thing is she's supposed to be this tough MMA fighter. She does that during the match, though. Like, when she's ready to finish, she puts her hair up and she starts hitting. Yeah, but she also used to have, like, it at least in braids or something. Yeah, right, right, and they're making her do the... No, I like her better with the straight hair. I mean, if we're going aesthetics, I I I like her with this look a little bit better, but it's just one of those things where it's like... We're moving away from the mma is what I'm saying. Yeah, who's, who's the Marty of, of, of the team? That's how I always view a team. Because that's how Vince views teams. He never views them in the long term. It's, when I break them up, who can I push? Right, right. Who will be the, who will be the lamb and who will be the wolf? So, then we get to the main event here, which is another one of these, hey, what's going on in the NBA right now main events, where the New Day and Kevin Owens defeated Cesaro, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Rusev. Where is Sheamus? Is there a reason why Sheamus wasn't on this show? Probably just didn't have a place for him. They may have. They may be moving him over to the oh, other show. Oh, they might be breaking up the bar. Uh, God, poor Cesaro. Well, I mean, it's, since you have Finn over on this show, and we forgot about that match, Finn Balor against uh, Mustafa Ali. Mm-hmm. That was actually a good match. That was okay. 
Yeah, wither, wither Mustafa Ali, because now you have Buddy Murphy coming up, and he's going to need to be strong, so they're probably going to feed Ali to him. Yeah. I, I, Ali is a guy who, you know, it's going to be very hard for this guy to find a landing spot in a title hunt picture, because is he an Intercontinental Champion guy? Is he a U.S. Champion guy? Probably U.S. Champion. Probably. Well, that title's going over to Raw when when Samoa Joe gets ported. Exactly. Over, yeah. Because they 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 do this all the time. The we're gonna we're oh look the Intercontinental Champion here. What's gonna happen to the U.S. title? I don't no, know. No, I think all four oh belts God. are gonna stay on yeah. this brand for a very long time, Jeff. I, I think I think we're just gonna run with a four and two model for the foreseeable future. On the shorter show, no oh, less. Yeah. I mean, you you it makes sense that you would have mm-hmm. SmackDown with the four belts and Raw with the two. I think you've cracked the code, Chris. I have. Uh, that's what people say. They say that about me uh, <laughs> on this show, other shows. I really, I'm a, I'm a code cracking kind of guy. Um, is there anything else that we want to hit here? Other, than, I mean, McMahon comes out and he does the Roman Reigns thing. Oh, he's so he's bad. bad. He is this so angle bad. Sucks. Elias getting glommed into the McMahon thing is actually giving Elias less heat, which is kind of impressive. Like Elias has more heat on his own than he does in this angle. And then Roman Reigns really just feels like the same old Roman. We in two weeks, it's as though he never had <laughs> he never had a cancer storyline. As though that never happened. We are right back to same old I, I Roman. Just, no change. No hero's journey. Vince can't growl like he used to. He can't be that evil menace like he used to because he just looks like a... I mean, he, he looks sad out there tonight. He really did. And he looks way past his peak. Taking that Superman punch from Roman where he, he has to collapse, but he's trying to do it gingerly so he doesn't hurt himself. I'm just like, we can't build bad guys anymore because we've created such a mystique around the McMahons and how they have to be the authority, and it can't be... And he refuses to take the off-ramp, right? Like, the it's it's as though yeah. the road has given him so many off-ramps, 2013, right? And it's like, no, we're going to force the authority. And then he realizes that the authority stuff went too far. And so for a long time, there were no McMahons on TV. But he just can't help himself. He can't. He, it's as though he doesn't know how to write storylines without that McMahon character in the orbit at this point. He's gotten so far away from those other writing conventions because Vince doesn't watch other stuff. He's always writing these shows. He's always right. booking stuff out, and he's never like looking back at let's say like 1980s wrestling, 1990s wrestling, even his own work from different vintages, and going. Well, this worked then. Oh, maybe I should, you know, pull some of this in. Maybe we can do some more of these old school things. It, Vince is doing the ritual. He's going through the motions. Yeah, and, and I mean, and this is the playbook. Every time that you know they need to save the company, it's more McMahon's out there because who doesn't like watching somebody hit their boss? You know, right, kind of right. Yes, yeah, so it can be a passion play. You can take it out on me. The boss can, you know, finally get his, and and that will be fun for everyone. And and you know, we're in a different era. We're not in the 1990s where we were watching movies like Office Space and Dilbert was a really big and new cartoon or comic strip that eventually got turned into a cartoon series on TV. And there were all these super successful Dilbert books and all this stuff around offices and bosses and all this cultural stuff in the late 1990s that made the McMahon character, the Stone Cold Steve Austin versus McMahon feud work. It's just... 
it's not as true now as it was at that cultural inflection point. It's not like bosses have magically gotten like less bad, but it's also not top of mind the way it used to be. Like we're not sitting here talking about buzzwords and jargon like paradigm and stuff as much of a punchline. I think Roman Reigns has some feuds here. He can feud with Daniel Bryan. He can feud with Randy Orton. But I think if his aura starts to get... Oh, I think that, man, I think that Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns feud is one to proceed at at their own peril. I think there's a real danger that you move back into that weird territory where people start cheering Daniel Bryan and start booing Roman Reigns. Yeah, I know, I know, but uh, I, I still I still think within three weeks he's going to be on both shows. I, I just, I do not see them letting him get drowned out by a Daniel Bryan or overwhelmed by a Kofi Kingston. I, I, I don't. So uh we will we will check in on the other brands because I think there will be some additions and stuff. I'm a little bit shocked that we did not get a Pete Dunn sighting on either of these shows. Um, I'm a little relieved. It sounds like the Honestly. It sounds like the members of it sounds like the members of Sanity will probably be sent off to NXT UK. If you want to bring Pete Dunn over to NXT, I'm fine with that. If Pete Dunn wanted to go to NXT in 205 and do the NXT 205 circuit, I'm okay with that, too. And I, I guess the only other major surprise is that Velveteen Dream was not. That was a bit of a surprise. Either him or Riddle, really. You'd expect one or the other, and in this case, neither. Hopefully, neither Matthew Riddle or the Velveteen Dream get renamed. But if Matt Riddle gets renamed, what will he be renamed to, Jeff? Matthew Spicoli. I think I think we all know the real superstar who should have been drafted, but it is not in there, and that is one Tino Sabatelli. Wither Tino. Poor Rob. Waiting for Tino to debut on Raw. Not there. But uh that's all the time we're gonna give, and that's all the time my lungs can handle. As you can hear, I've been coughing. His lungs all gave show. up a Chris while ago. People. I've been uh, hanging in there. Oh, God. Uh, Jeff, you're a trooper. God. You're a gentleman and a scholar. So let me finish things up from here. So we have a Twitter account that's at Shake Them Ropes. We also have a Patreon. If you want to support this show, kick us a little bit of money in the old tip jar. We need to do a show this weekend, yeah, Chris. We need we to do, do a show. Now, now that we are out of uh, WrestleMania mania, we can now do a show and we'll look back at some old wrestling here. And uh, actually, yeah, we, we were talking about Starcade. Um, so let's let's do a let's do a little Starcade. Let's do it. I'm into it. I'm okay. into it. And then I'll I'll pick I'll pick a Mid South episode because they just uploaded. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, network. so we got a lot of archival wrestling that I am super excited to sit down and watch with Jeff. And I know a bunch of you guys have been signing up and checking that out, and y'all seem to enjoy it too, which is cool because uh, I I like the fact that we can watch wrestling together and it's fun. So we're all gonna do that. You can find me on Twitter at c h r i s n o v e m b r i n o. Jeff is at c r a p g a m e. 13 that is crap game 13 my other show is called don't worry about the government on episode 405 now and you can find that at don't worry.tv and also on itunes and stitcher by searching for don't worry about the government jeff and i will be back later on this week to talk nxt 205 live and the viking experience are
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.